As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. I have the distinct pleasure of sitting with Jenny Berg, who's the Executive Director of Leadership Council for Nonprofits. Jenny also has served on many boards, including Impact 100, Women Helping Women, as well as Catalyst, which is a national board. And Jenny, it is a pleasure to have you here today in our studio. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. So, Jenny, we've had the opportunity to know each other for many years now, and Mm -hmm. um, we certainly are significant advocates for much of the work that you're doing in our community and the organizations that we just referenced. Becky Sheeler, our VP of Client Engagement for Centennials on the board of Impact 100 with you. And boy, what an impact that organization makes. Yes, we do. (laughs) I've been doing it for a long time. It's amazing. So can you share with us today, I know we want to talk about an upcoming conference and an annual conference that your organization leads called Securing the Future. Mm -hmm. I thought it might be beneficial for us to set the framework of what Leadership Council for Nonprofits focuses on Mm -hmm. and what you're doing in our community to connect, build community, and build capacity. And then we'll go from there. Okay, wonderful. Well, Leadership Council has actually been around for well over 40 years, but we have recently rebranded and our name has become Leadership Council for Nonprofits. And our goal is to really build the fabric of the community of the nonprofit sector, the ecosystem of the nonprofits. So we are an association of nonprofit agencies. We are approaching 200 agency members. I've grown quite a bit over the past few years. And what we provide for the nonprofit community is leadership building capacity programs, also connecting nonprofits together and helping build the collaborations amongst them, and also providing cost savings programs. And our goal and our mission is really to help them, the organizations and their staff, be able to do their jobs better so that we can help all the people within our community. Hmm. And are there various programs? Are there roundtables? Yes. So we offer a variety of things. We have our biggest growing program is called Leader Circles. Some others might have used the term mastermind. That's another terminology, but ours are called Leader Circles. And we have currently this year and past couple of years have had 12 different circles going. They serve, we have a number of circles that's serving the CEO executive director level. We have a couple circles that our our development directors are in, and we have one that our finance director, VP finance folks are in, as well as a program director level. So we've really built this program out to serve leaders at all levels. And the great thing about it is it offers a space for these, it's a peer-to-peer coaching program. So those folks get together within their circles in a private, confidential, conversational space. It's a safe space that they can share any concerns, challenges, ideas that they might have and get some really good, great peer-to-peer feedback. There's a volunteer facilitator that also helps out with that to ensure that those kind of conversations happen. And it's just a wonderful opportunity for folks not to feel so alone in their organizations and to rely on additional resources that are so capable of providing them wisdom. Mm. 
That's excellent. And are there convenings from a leadership perspective? I know I, we sponsored some of your work a couple years ago mm-hmm. and try to support what, as we've been building some other initiatives. And it seemed like you were constantly convening great leadership programs for right. these organizations to that some of them were even offset from a cost perspective, being sponsored by right. for-profit corporations to mm-hmm. help our community as a way to give back. Exactly. Things of that nature. Yeah. So we are all about collaborating with partners, both for-profit and nonprofit partners. Some of our other programs outside of leadership programs, we put on twice a year something called the Leadership Challenge, which is a very well-known program. I think, Mike, you said you were familiar with Mm -hmm. it. And the book was written by Jim Kuzis and Barry Posner 30-something years ago. I think it's now in its seventh or eighth edition. But it is a wonderful leadership model that is being widely used throughout the business community. I know Fifth Third uses it. I know Scripps Howard uses it. I know the zoo uses it. And many, many other organizations do. And we wanted to bring that same model into the nonprofit community. So through the generous contributions of some funders, as well as our partners at Camp Joy and Steve Coates from International Leadership Associates and Valerie Willis Consulting, we are able, and Wiley, who's the publisher of that book, we've been able to bring this program to well over 200 people within the nonprofit community to take part in this leadership challenge. Our next program is coming up on April 22nd. And leadership council members are welcome to apply for that. And if you're not a leadership council member, they can somebody can call me. Right. But it's a great way to really understand it's basic leadership, but it's profound in that it can really transform organizations. It's based on a five-part leadership model, model the way, inspire the vision, challenge the process, enable others to act, and encourage the heart. Those are the five practices. Hmm. And so you get feedback on yourself and from others with a 360, and then you really can immerse yourself into those five areas of practice to transform your organization. Mm. And that's been very successful. That's wonderful. And the upcoming Securing the Future Conference, how many years has your organization led that? So Leadership Council has been leading Securing the Future Conference since 2016. The conference itself has been around, this is our 19th year. It was started because... There was a group of people that were in a Leadership Cincinnati class of 2001 that wanted to put on a conference that would be something to inspire and motivate and really help the nonprofit sector and philanthropy sector. So they came up with the Securing the Future Conference in 2001, and it had been run by the Cincinnati USA Chamber. Mm. And then as they changed the direction a bit, and I had been a volunteer co-leading this conference for several years. And then when they decided to go to a different direction, I felt strongly that this was a conference that should remain in place because it was something that our nonprofit sector really looked forward to. It was one of those rare occasions they could take a step back from work in the day-to-day and really immerse themselves in a way with their colleagues and peers, with learning something new, taking up a half a day of their day to really grow and learn and learn how to be a great leader. So our board agreed that we should take this on. And so we've been the host of the Securing the Future Conference, putting on our first speaker in 2017, who was Vu Lei. And Vu is pretty well known in the nonprofit sector. He's kind of a comedian of sorts, but talks about serious things. He runs an organization called Rainier Valley Corps in Seattle. Mm. But he talks a lot about the challenges nonprofits face with some myths and some struggles and power dynamic struggles between funders and nonprofits. And he does it in a very humorous but very serious way 
of getting us to think a little bit differently. And then in 2018, we had, we actually invited back Bob Johansson, who is a futurist at the Institute for the Future in Silicon Valley. And Bob had actually been a speaker also in 2009. So it was kind of fun in 2018 to look back 10 years because that is his, Bob's always looking out 10 years. So we brought him back 10 years later. So that was a great way for us to really think about what he called the new leadership literacies. He had written a book in 2017 called The New Leadership Literacies and thriving in a future of extreme disruption and distributed everything. So we piggybacked on that, really thinking how, as nonprofits, do we think out 10 years? What is our future going to look like? And how will we be serving the community differently? So it was great to have somebody like Bob really push us out of our comfort zone to really think like that. So looking back at the list of speakers from the Securing the Future, are there a couple of speakers that really stand out to you? Mm -hmm. And what did you take away from that? Or how were you inspired by those speakers? Well, the first Securing the Future conference I ever went to, I'm pretty sure, was in 2012. And we had Dan Pallotta, who is uh, pretty well-known. He had written a book called Uncharitable. And he was very instrumental in really doing huge, massive charitable events like three-day walks and things like that back in the early days. Those were not all that common, but he was instrumental in that. And he really helps us, again, similar to what Vu talked about, but thinking about how we need to stop talking about the overhead myth. He, he brought the overhead myth a lot to light in that nonprofits should only have a certain percentage of their expenses going to overhead, which has been now disputed by the Better Business Bureau, Charity Navigator, and other charitable-led organizations. So Dan brought a lot of that to light to help us think differently about how we can run a nonprofit organization and what we shouldn't be afraid to ask for. Mm, That's great. And I know we talked a little bit about, is it Frances Hesselbein? Yes, Frances Hesselbein. Um, And was she the first speaker? She, I didn't go to that one, but yeah, she was the very first speaker. And what's impressive about her as the past president of Girl Scouts of America and president of her own Hesselbein Leadership Institute, she is now 102 years old. But when she came in 2001, imagine that, she was 84 years old. Mm. And I thought, I think it's great that the group that was leading this conference at the time chose to put a woman of that age in maturity and leadership in the, as the keynote speaker. And she really must have done a fabulous job. And just last year, she co-authored a book at age 101 called Work is Love Made Visible. So that's mm. now on my list of books to read. (laughs) It's on mine now as well. We will put a link to it in the show notes. Right. And this year, for the first time, we kind of took a look back at all of our previous keynotes and tried to feature them on our Facebook page just to learn a little bit about where are they now? What did they do Mm -hmm. then? What did they bring to our community, you know, 18, 17, 12, 10 years ago? And so she is one that when we did a little bit more research, to me, that was striking that what a difference she made and is still making at 102 years old. Yeah. Another one that also came to Cincinnati was Ruby Payne, and a lot of people in the nonprofit sector would know her from her work on understanding poverty. There's a lot of our folks in the social service sector that really have depended on her work. So she was instrumental in bringing that in more light, and she came in 2008. And, you know, we all know that the focus of poverty is in so many of our, it's our United Way focus, it's on so many of our leading foundations in this work on poverty because of our current poverty situation. That's right. And the takeaways here, I assume there's so much 
And I'd love that you're following up with your previous speakers, including Mrs. Hesselbein and, and her recent works of Work is Love Made Visible. The encouragement for these nonprofits to lead well. Do for-profit businesses attend? Yes, the yes. Conferences? This conference is open to anyone, and we always encourage our nonprofit members to come and encourage their board members to okay. come. So those board members are often in the for-profit world, and there's just something that everyone can learn. I know it's a great networking opportunity for our nonprofits to. You don't often get together with, you know, 300 of their closest friends, Mm -hmm. but it's a great opportunity for them. But also it's a great opportunity for their board members to really better understand some of the challenges that the nonprofits face and that they can work together, that we all need to work together Mm. to build this community and help each other out and collaborate more. Inside of this work, are there any particular innovations and things that your organization has been focused on to help nonprofits advance themselves or advance their communities that they're serving? Yes. Well, a lot of our leadership programs are innovative, and I think that's kind of the wisdom of the leader circles Mm -hmm. is pulling out the wisdom from the individuals within that group that are within the circle. In addition to that, we've focused a lot. One of our programs is called Live to Lead, and we partner with Fifth Third on that. That's a five-part leadership series. And one big component of that series is change management. You know, change management is the only constant that we have. So it's us learning how to manage change in a more professional way to be able to anticipate change. So developing skills like that is something that we look forward to. Mm -hmm. So between the Securing the Future and the Leadership Challenge and the Live to Lead program and our leader circles, those are really great examples of building up the leadership community, using each other to learn and to innovate within those spaces. That's wonderful. And you mentioned the World Cafe model when you oh, and I were talking. What is right. Can you walk us through the World Cafe model? So the World Cafe model, which will be Act 3, as we're calling it, of this program for securing the future, is a program. It's a model of conversation. So it's been around for quite some time. And it's a way to, again, think about the wisdom in a room rather than somebody standing up and telling you how to do something, using your own internal resources to frame questions around what is important to the people in the room. So at the World Cafe portion of the Securing the Future conference, we've partnered with Centric Consulting, and we have our Securing the Future committee has worked with them to establish some questions that each group will be thinking about and sharing, and there'll be opportunities to work within different, you know, roundtables during that event to hear from other people. So we have the networking, we've got the open conversation, and what they call the harvest of this work will then, we'll be sharing with that post-conference as to how are people responding to these particular questions that we're asking. And for example, I think one of the ones might be is our keynote speaker, Alton, is an actor, And he obviously has to practice. He has to go through rehearsal. So how do we as nonprofit leaders practice and rehearse being a leader? And what are we doing to allow ourselves that time to do that? So questions like that and what are the barriers that keep us from being a good leader, things like that Mm. will be things we'll be discussing and sharing. And we'll all be able to walk away with some ideas and some format and to be able to use this format, perhaps in our own work with our boards, with our clients, and with our peers. That's wonderful. So let's get into this year's speaker. Can you share who the speaker is and what that individual's journey, how that brought them to be a speaker of this year's conference? 
Yes, I'd uh, love to. So Alton Fitzgerald White, I actually met a year ago, December. So December is 2017. And he came to Cincinnati, where he's from, and his mother still lives here. And he was introduced to me by Nick Nisley, who's been part of this. He co-chaired this conference with me for a number of years. Nick is the executive director now of School for Creative and Performing Arts. And Alton was an alum of SCPA. And so he, Nick really said, I think you should meet Alton. I think he could really be a great speaker for securing the future. So we met and another committee member as well as a year ago, December, and it was such a pleasure to meet Alton. Alton is well known for his role as playing King Mufasa in the Broadway show Lion King on Broadway. And he played that role for, I think, exactly 4,308 times as Mufasa. So, but he's a very, you know, you can imagine the role of Mufasa, strong, deep voice. He kind of has a James Earl Jones kind of a voice, mm-hmm. but he's the most humble, gentle giant you know, you've ever met. And so that's what really struck me about him is his humility. Mm. But, and which is interesting because the name of his book that he's written is called My Pride, Mm. Mastering Life's Daily Performance. But he really focuses in his book and will on his keynote about how to bring your best self to work every day. In his case, he was doing the exact same thing every day playing Mufasa, sang the same songs, had the same choreography, but he had to prepare himself physically because if you've ever seen that show on Broadway mm-hmm. or the Aronoff or any place here, you know that he wore a big headdress and you know there's so much in the way of costumes. So physically he had to prepare himself. Mentally he had to prepare himself to go out there and showcase his craft. And he said he also prepared himself spiritually and just a variety of different ways to prepare himself to go out there and meet a different audience every single night, but bring his best self. So his work and his craft and his book is really all about how do you, like you said, master life's daily performance? How do you go about doing that? And so he took all those into account and practiced each of those aspects to make himself a good leader in his craft. Hmm. And he really looked at it as a way of kind of being a servant leader and to his audience And he's got a lot, he focuses a lot on gratitude Mm -hmm. in his book. And that really helped him, you know, get to work every day and to really think about how grateful he was to have that opportunity, you know, in his journey coming from living in the West End projects and going to SCPA. And that's where he really felt like he flourished. Mm -hmm. He was a very shy young man and he was the youngest of seven, I believe. And I'm from a large family, too, so I know what that it means to be the lower end of a large family. And so how he was bullied at times and how he rose above that and how he really just, you know, he had some great teachers that recognized his skill set and his ability to sing. And so with the help of those folks and his own confidence starting to build, how he really went on after graduating from SCPA and, and took whatever role came to him, whether he thought it was above or below him. He looked at that as a role that I'm going to take this with gratitude and it's going to help me build my career. And that wow. that's what led him to the, you know, a really star role. And he starred, he's been, I think in this book, he talks about being the only African-American that starred on Broadway in five different really popular shows. That's incredible. Wow. So. Yeah. And I think for our listeners who maybe 
for-profit executives or nonprofit executives, sometimes we find ourselves in a space that we want something different. Mm -hmm. And we maybe don't recognize that maybe we're gifted and put right where we are today for a reason. And it sounds like it's a great analogy of our careers Mm -hmm. to focus on being thankful for right where we are, which allowed him to get up every day with the same energy and same positivity and same connection to the work that was repetitive. 4,000 performances is a lot of performances. And when he reflects back, somebody else actually recognized that he was hitting his 4,000th performance. He didn't really know, Hmm. but somebody said, I think you've got to be close. And so they mapped it all out and found out that he, and so somebody else was planning a party for him and everything else. And he, he was just kind of like, oh, Okay, I guess this is a real thing. So again, being is very humble in his work, but he obviously took pride in his work and and used that play on words. And so he really does reveal himself in a way that is something that we can all relate to, Mm -hmm. is how we can bring our best selves to work every day, how we don't know, as you said, what's happened in our past, how that might build on what can happen in our future to secure our future. Play on those words. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah. I would encourage all of those listening, if you hear this episode prior to the Securing the Future conference, what is the date, Jen? Oh, yeah. The date is March 6th, uh, 2019. It's a half-day conference. It'll be at the Centos Center. And not only do we have Alton speaking as our first act, but our second act, which we're very excited about too, is we've always had breakout leaders. So the national speaker, which is Alton, and then we like to bring in local leaders. So this year we did something a little different and reached out to a very, cast a broad net to try to get people to submit their own proposals versus our committee, which is what's been done in the past, thinking of who do we know that would be good at talking about X, Y, or Z. So we wanted to broaden that net and we reached out, ended up receiving, I think, 33 different proposals from all over the place, including many of our own nonprofit leaders, which was wonderful. And their breakout sessions will build on Alton's talk. So we have Maureen Maxfield will be talking about strengthening resilience during rapid organizational change, something I think we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. We have Joe Mormon from the Mayerson Academy We'll be talking about how to activate your strengths, or how to recognize and activate your strengths as you master your life's daily performance. And then we have two of our nonprofit leaders, Jen Gooden from Ronald McDonald House and Jen Eismeyer from Camp Joy, who both lead their organizations, who actually went to Wyoming High School together and recognized that. And they had something in common, but it, that's a secret, so I can't talk it because they're going to use it in their breakout session. But theirs is titled Nonprofit on Fire, Confidence, Authenticity, and a Lit Team. So they are fun gals to awesome. uh, get to know, and they'll interject uh, their own personal touch into that breakout. And then we've also invited Lauren Jones from the Greater Cincinnati Foundation to talk about the recent report that they've put out called Giving Black mm-hmm. and You. So we'll get a better understanding of how Black philanthropy has impacted our community and what that looks like going forward. That's wonderful. So it'll be a full half day. Yeah, well, we encourage all of those listening to sign up to, if you hear this prior to March 6, 2019, Mm -hmm. to attend. If you hear this after, this is an annual event. Yes, it is. um, It's usually in March. So you can Mm -hmm. sign up early. Mm -hmm. You can express interest. You can reach out to Jenny and her organization and leaders who are part of that and identify ways that you might be able to support, get involved, and attend the next year's Mm -hmm. event. Jenny, in terms of... Your hope, 
your hope for the work that you do, why you do the work that you do? What is that as a leader that brought you to this work and that keeps you motivated each and every day? Well, thanks for asking, Mike. So my passion is really helping the nonprofit community. I had great examples in my parents who were great supporters of the nonprofit community in a variety of ways. So that's always been instilled in me. And doing the work that I did with Impact 100, learning more about the nonprofit community is really what led me into my role at Leadership Council. And it's a perfect fit as I try to connect the nonprofit community together so that we can all, again, learn from each other and to try to help them fulfill their mission. So I feel like that's my mission and my passion is helping others fulfill their mission and doing the best thing that they can be and connecting them to the resources they need that they can help. Sometimes they're simple resources like Benefits are a challenge for nonprofits. And so last year we put in a retirement plan benefit that they could access at no cost. So it could be very small like that, or it can be very large like preparing leaders. And I just get a lot of gratitude for being able to do this work and impacting the larger nonprofit community in a powerful way with great partners that we have between United Way and Fifth Third and folks involved with the Leadership Challenge and the Securing the Future. It's just been a wonderful opportunity to connect more people to the larger and larger, very large nonprofit sector that we have. Jenny, it's an encouragement as a family business leader and owner to look. We talk a lot about families' legacies, Mm -hmm. and it's so encouraging to see a family like yours Mm -hmm. have generational impact and so giving in our community. So one, it calls to action. We all think about what is our legacy, and you're in a family that has a amazing legacy. Yes, I'm very fortunate um, for that. And, and your leadership with Impact 100, I'm certain that there's many executives who are listening that have either been a board member of a recipient of one of those grants mm-hmm. or are the executive director or retiree of one of those organizations. And then now your work at Leadership Council for Nonprofits and the impact that you're having and the passion you bring and the hard work and dedication you give to our community. We want to thank you for what you do. Well, thank you. Thank you for being a part of what it really means to create talent magnet-like organizations and a community that's a talent magnet, all of the work you've put in over the years in Leadership Cincinnati. And we appreciate being able to have you on at the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Well, thanks, Mike. As a former family business member myself, (laughs) I know what it's like to be in a family business. It was a wonderful experience, and it, it led me to where I am today. So it's great to have that opportunity. Excellent. Well, we encourage, again, all of our listeners to sign up for March 6, 2019, for the Securing the Future Conference. Can I say they could just go to the website, leadershipcouncil.us, and they can sign up there. Excellent. And we look forward to our next conversation. And thank you again for being a loyal listener. Having a high turnover in your organization doesn't just nibble away at your resources, it totally consumes them. Discover eight huge factors that directly affect your turnover rates and what you can do about them at talentmagnetinstitute.com slash turnover factors. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. 
Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.